10 million in revenue and 5 million in profits. What the heck? Let's talk about this. How did you do that? How long did it take? Let's talk through this. All right. So I think actually for sure 5 million in profits is an understatement, but I don't know how much exactly because I'm not looking at the accounting uh, um, stuff. But basically it took us the last three years to do it where basically it happened for the last two years with uh, my previous product, Checkalex. So that's basically the story we started. I started myself. I started the company, just coded everything, made the whole app from design, product, marketing, uh, customer support and everything. Um, and then it got first customer that was paying me 5K a month, then more and more started coming. And basically we didn't have any paid advertising. So we just had to pay for this and that was it. So this is how we got uh, to 10 million in revenue and most of it is in profits. Dang. So zero to 10 million in revenue in three or so years. And did you end up selling the business? It sounds like. No, Shopify banned us. What? So you started an, you started an eight-figure business, you scaled it, we're breaking in the dough, and you got banned? Yeah, basically. Um, so to give some context on, on, on what we were doing, uh, what we were doing is a custom checkout for Shopify. So if anyone is using Shopify, they know they can't touch the checkout and they cannot change anything. With Checkout X, you could use you have a one-click, not one-click, one-page checkout. You have a lot of optimizations like uh, autofill on other sales and stuff. And then you have also post purchase of sales that are really sick and work with all payment methods and stuff. Um, so it was a really great product for everyone that wanted to change the checkout. And there was us and a couple of other solutions, but it was very hard to do it besides us. Um, so it was really great. But at the same time, Shopify... The main strategy is around payments because that's the main, the backbone of the e-commerce uh, business. And they want to be kind of your um, operating, operating system for your store. So for them, the checkout is the centerpiece to their whole company strategy. Uh, and they saw us as a parasite. So they, it wasn't. It wasn't they banned us from the, like, uh, without notice. Like, we first doing this, we knew that it's going to be legal at some point. And they also called, called us. I, I spoke with the CEO of Shopify. They offered us to do a post-purchase of sell app uh, and to stop voluntarily. We did not do that, unlike one click of sell and car hook. Uh, so we got, went on the, the pirate side, but we scaled the business uh, a couple of times for one more year. And then eventually they changed their terms of service. And because basically we were making people make private apps, which was okay with the terms of service, but was kind of not okay with the general, like it was a loophole. So for us, the red line was um, that as long as it's okay with the terms of service, we're going to do it. And they changed the rules at the end of, uh, at the beginning of 2020. So then we stopped installations and um, some people still do it, like or some of our copycats still onboard customers. But for us, it's very important that we ask what people to do is to be okay with the terms of of Shopify because that's their business. And we want to ask them to, to break any their agreement, basically. Super interesting. 
So uh, you mentioned price points of like 5K, 10K. Like where did this product fall? Was it like mid-market? Was it enterprise? Was it SMB? Like what were people paying? Was it 5,000 a month, 5,000 a year? What did that look like? No, so what we were doing was we were charging you similar to Shopify, a transaction fee uh, plus a subscription fee. So people could pay like 39 bucks and 1% of their revenue, or they could pay uh, 200 bucks at half percent of the revenue. That was basically around it. So it, there was people pay, paying us like 39 bucks and nothing more. There was people paying us thousands and thousands of uh, dollars. And in reality, we were making probably 70 or 80% of our revenue from our top 10% of customers, something like that. Dang. So let's talk about the, the growth. I mean, in, insane. What, I mean, is your background in marketing and like, what was your thoughts? So you rolled this out. Did you ever think it would get to $10 million? Like, how did you, how'd you actually scale? Like, let's talk about some tactics on the, the growth side. Like, what did you do? All right. So backstory. I have a little bit of experience with different things and that's kind of my superpower when it comes to e-commerce tech and Shopify tech. So originally my career, I worked as a product designer, like a UI UX designer and web. And then I learned, I taught myself how to code a little bit. And then I had a dropshipping store on Shopify. So these are kind of the different aspects of the business that I currently do. So. I didn't really, when it comes to Checkout.x, so the way it started is a really funny story. Um, the whole project started in a very funny way. I wanted to make a store for a Bulgarian company and there was no payment methods available in Bulgaria at that point for Shopify. And I really wanted to do it on Shopify because I wanted to make apps for Shopify. And I got so frustrated with what they were offering that I just to rebuild their whole checkout just in order to, to use Shopify and to, to use this payment method that I wanted to use. Uh, the store wasn't successful, uh, but I decided, okay, maybe there's other people that need payment methods that are not available on the, for Shopify. And I started doing that. And then I had another app that I used before. And some of the customers, because it was an upselling app as well, some of the customers were asking me about post-purchase upsells and I already had the checkout. So I just put two and two together and I made a product that, that was doing that. And this is how I landed my first customer. I was doing a million a month. So it was like 5K in revenue for, for me from day one, which was pretty, pretty sick. Yeah. And for me, this was success because this, this meant I could pay my bills and work on my business. So this was... Um, I felt really successful at that point, right? And then what I started doing is just the package this as the product. I didn't really do marketing, but what happened was we had two main things that was going for us. So the first one was what I call negative virality. And our product, because it has this cow, you know, purple cow effect. I don't know if you're familiar with the concept. Like it has what the fuck effect. If you open a Shopify store and you go on the checkout and the checkout has nothing to do with the Shopify checkout, everybody's frustrated. And what it turned out is most people in e-commerce, like they look at their competitors and they monitor their stores. So when we had this customer doing 1 million a month, um, there was a lot of people trying to copy him. So they 
looked at this thing and it was funny because in the code, they didn't let us put our logo on their checkout, but we put like some small breadcrumbs in the code. So if you open the console, you could, you'll be able to see a, um, a link to our website. And this is how we got our first customers and probably wow. the first thousand customers were wow. by this thing. So to recap, so people would go in the store and like, I think it's, a, it's like right click and there's like inspect and then you can kind of see some of the code on the right hand side. Like you don't have to be super technical, right? Like anyone can kind of do that in marketing and then see checkout X and that alone having one store led to two stores. And now that two stores did it, more stores were doing it. That's essentially how you got your first thousand customers. Pretty much. Wow. And then what happened was a lot of people that make courses and stuff were actually using our products and they started asking us, can I get a support, like an affiliate link? Uh, so we made this affiliate platform where we didn't give them any contract or anything, but we told them, look, guys, if you bring anyone, you get between 15 to 25% of the revenue we make forever. And we just, we didn't make contracts, but at the same time, we gave them a platform where they could have total transparency to see which stores signed up, how much money we made, and how much money they made. And it's like to this day, like we've paid out hundreds and thousands of dollars through this program. Uh, but to this day, people still have stores that are still using us because we still operate. We just can't onboard new stores. And basically, uh, they they keep getting money from us uh, and we keep making money because they, they hired someone. And this was the second thing that worked for us and helped us grow. I love it, man. I appreciate you sharing that. So it sounds like, again, the business is still somewhat operational. You're not onboarding anyone new, but you're kind of maintaining business. Is that still where you personally are focused or are you working on anything new at the time? No. So what we're doing is we have a new product. It's called Vanga AI. What's it called? Uh, you can find it. Vanga AI. Okay. V-A-N-G-A. Uh, and you can find it on the Shopify app store. So basically we wanted to make a new product. Uh, we wanted to keep working on this space because uh, we really like it and we have success with it. And we looked at Checkout X and first we couldn't, we could not do the same thing on Shopify anymore. Uh, but the whole product was, it was made for this specific niche. So it didn't make sense to, to port it. We ported it to WooCommerce, but it wasn't successful because people didn't have these problems there that Shopify merchants have. Uh, that and other things, but like the e-commerce the e space is not as good. If you want to be a developer on e-commerce, it's harder to make. You can make money, but you need to work harder, I think. So what we're looking at is what what's the one thing we can do that is going to have a monumental impact on, on our customers and it's going to help them grow, right? So what we saw that even though not all people were using post-purchase of sales on, on our store, on, on Checkout X, 10% of the volume of Checkout X was going through only from post-purchase of sales. So we, we saw that and we were like, oh, wow, that's it's huge. Uh, but at the same time, even the people that were using post-purchase of sales, they would just set one up sale. They would never, most of them would not optimize. They would not A-B test. They would not do many of these things. So we were thinking, okay, clearly people don't have the time to do this at scale. Uh, so 
it's a tremendous opportunity for e-commerce merchants that they're missing out. And we wanted to, to take these upsells and to go on the next level, right? Because there's a lot of upside to that. But we wanted to innovate and basically deserve the space. So we came up with this AI solution that is basically your virtual AI upsell employee. So you just install the app, you click enable, it's gonna look at your order history, it's gonna make, uh, it's gonna get ideas on what would upsell with what, and then it's gonna start offering um, upsells to your customer, it's gonna learn from that, similar to how Facebook ads work. So at the beginning, you're gonna get a pretty decent conversion rate and in time it's gonna get better and better uh, until you actually have amazing results. And right now, our average conversion rates per store is like 12 or 13% conversion rate on game sales, which when you think about it, imagine you get one extra sale uh, minimum, one or two extra sales uh, on each sale, right? So it's, it's, it's crazy. And it doesn't sound that, like it sounds small, but these kind of changes accumulate over time. And if you can increase your bottom line by 10%, it doesn't mean you're gonna grow it by 10%. It means then you can spend more on ads and you can spend more on other stuff. And this means you can 2x, 3x your business very quickly. We had on Checkout you had this customer uh, who started, he came to us with 100K a month and using post-purchase of sales and changing his uh, price dynamics he scaled to a million a month in three months. So this was kind of all this, the big, big, big change. And we have this funny story that after that, he sent us a, a video of a brand new Lamborghini. He told us he bought it with the upsell money. So now we say we help merchants buy Lambos, uh, just as a joke, but yeah. You should run an ad behind that testimonial. Yeah, he doesn't, he didn't let us publish his Lamborghini on the internet, but yeah. He won't let you be a Ty Lopez? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's style of a stick. Like we, yeah, we just yeah, joke yeah. about it, uh, but it's it's cool because again, I'm not saying you should use our app, but if you don't have setup upselling on your store, you're missing out on so much. Yeah, dude. Especially, I mean, at, at the scale you're talking about, if you are doing a hundred thousand dollars a month, five hundred thousand, a million, even if you're doing less, you know one out of, you know, you're saying about 12%. So that's like one out of every hundred or sorry, one of every 10 people, right? So if you have a hundred people, you now have 12 or 13 people that are buying something that otherwise wouldn't have, right? You know, depending on the AOV, it's, you know, 50 bucks, a hundred bucks, you know, more, dude, you're basically getting additional free money that you're leaving on the table. Like this stuff really adds up. You're basically losing money by not having something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think it's it's mandatory these days. And if you look at all these modern businesses, they're all focused around upsetting now. Uh, like in general in business, uh, if, if you look at like uh, airlines or I don't know, car manufacturers, even e-commerce, if you think about, uh, for example, like Amazon, Amazon they, re- they report that 35% of the revenue is coming from cross-selling. So these kind of things, they're not... There, I don't think they're optional. This is like fundamental business mechanic that you need to implement in your business if you want to be competitive. Otherwise, you can't just spend more on ads and it's going to grow. Like the ad spend is just going to grow. 
ads are not going to get any cheaper. So you need to optimize uh, on, your, on your bottom ends and the bottom of the funnel. Yeah, dude, couldn't, couldn't agree more. So with, with this business, uh, when did you start it? How's it going? And is it the same team? Like do you share teams now across both businesses or is this completely separate new team? So basically what we did, we first started playing with this concept in August, uh, even in Checkout X, we were running some tests uh, on the back end. Uh, so basically we started officially on September. We launched the app on October and so we're currently at five, uh, 550 stores using us. Wow. We generated over $200,000 I think to 40 right now to our customers already. So we're currently at this stage and we're currently transitioning out of beta. Uh, so basically we, we proved that this can make uh, money for our customers, that it works. And now we're at the stage where we're going to be incorporating some kind of billing. We're going to be optimizing our algorithms and all this kind of stuff. In terms of teams, uh, it's the same thing behind CheckOutX. We mainly do support on CheckoutX, uh, make sure the app doesn't break and update it, but we're not doing any active development there. Got it. And then the last thing I want to talk about, you kind of briefly mentioned it uh, at the beginning uh, before we started hitting record. So you're in a, in a building right now that was completely renovated and now it's kind of like a co-working space. And it sounded like you personally are doing the same type of thing, like you're taking old factories or old buildings and kind of renovating them and turning them into... Uh, workspace. Where did you mention you're doing? Did you mention you're doing that in in Turkey, or, or where did you say that that's happening for you? Yeah, actually, I was talking about so the puzzle working space in Sofia. Uh, I'm not doing it myself. I'm just helping them out to do the same thing in Hungary. Uh, but basically, the concept is that people are going to need more and more co-working spaces because they're going to work remotely, um, and what Puzzle is doing is they're getting old factories, uh, especially post-socialistic factories from like textile and stuff. And what they're doing is just renovating it to the point where it's like both modern and industrial and bring new life to these kind of old buildings that were forgotten. And this is my personal office where I've been here for the last three years. And I'm really excited about uh, Budapest to see uh, how it's going to turn out there. Super cool, man. Uh, well, dude, I appreciate you coming on. I mean, insane growth of going from zero to, you know, 10 million plus, you know, eight figures in a few years, especially as profitable and as lean as you were, you know, the story of getting kicked, kicked off or kind of shut down in some degrees to accepting new customers. I, I didn't know that there was going to be so many interesting things here. So I, I appreciate you. Where's the best way that people can either find you or your companies kind of online? So you can find Vanga in the App Store, V-A-N-G-A. Um, and what you can do is you can find me on Twitter. I'm really newbie at Twitter. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have any followers, but I'm trying to, to stay at least read. Uh, so you can ping me on Twitter at Leteski as my last name. You can see it in the, in the podcast uh, title. So yeah, that would be the best place, I think. Sweet, man. I'll drop those links below. I appreciate you. Thank you for your time and your wisdom. Thank you. Of course.